Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist like a little lemon at the end of a story. And my name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. I'm all, I'm all business today. Last, last Friday, I went on a rant that lasted probably 20 minutes. It's true. And the feedback has been that that was too long. So I was like, okay, now we have to get more serious. This is all about business and the law. And we can't make one joke because people don't have a sense of humor apparently. So this is now serious. This will be like a semi rant from me because of the topic we talked about, but or we're talking about today. Perfect. And we're going to deal with licenses, but not the licensing we've talked about in the past. This is the actual license that you need to sell your product or conduct your services, more, more so services. But I'll start with my semi rant. So I do some estate planning from time to time, and there's people out there that are doing estate planning that aren't estate planning attorneys. And I don't really understand how it's done because it's, there's a thing called the unauthorized practice of law. And if you're not a licensed attorney, you can't practice law. So some people are out there advertising themselves as a uh, certified estate planner or something along those lines. And I don't even know if that's like, I can come up with my own certification system and make someone certified in something, but that doesn't really mean anything other than it's a certification that I made up. And I feel like that's what these people get into, but. Oh, and you're right because these guys, guys or gals, they actually produce forms, don't they? I mean, they have these like templates and so forth and, and trust in estate planning. I mean, that can be just a mess if they make, make a mistake, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about a uh, legal zoom or anything like that. No, no, no. I'm no, I'm talking, <laughs> no, I'm talking about like not to pick on any particular industry, but you know, when you have insurance agents that relate to a lot of estate planning, yeah, they sometimes can fall into that trap, but it's not only estate planning. I mean, for, from a legal basis, there's also immigration law and family law for whatever reason. Like if you go on Craigslist, you can find a bunch of people that are not attorneys advertising these services for for cheap and of course you know you get what you pay for but the main problem is is that they're not regulated and so they don't really have any besides not you know getting a maybe a a bad customer that's upset they don't really have any consequence to if they mess up you know what happens if they mess up what are you going to do yeah exactly and that's you know a reason that you not just in law but in any area where there's some sort of licensing you go with people that have a license because there is an issue, it's something you can go after. But so there's a couple examples we have. And this one, the one with here is, is kind of interesting. This was actually a Supreme Court case, right? Yeah. I think it's a state Supreme Court though, right? U.S. Supreme Court, six to three decision. A business that was selling teeth whitening services, whether that constitute, whether you need to have a license, that seems like a stretch, but. Oh, I see. This is actually a FTC lawsuit against the North Carolina State Board of dentistry. Okay. That's what it was. So the, the Supreme Court did rule six to three that the North North Carolina State Board acted illegally by excluding the competing businesses from offering teeth whitening services, which I mean, I, I never would have even thought about that. Really. It's, it never would have crossed my mind. That's considered dentistry. It's not like they're a kiosk that's offering like free fillings, like come over and we'll, we'll drill into your tooth or something. And it, and it kind of depends upon like to me, if there's any risk of teeth whitening that could damage your teeth or whatever, which I, I suppose they could, 
I don't know, I would want to make sure that they are regulated. And I think that's the whole point. Like, I think a lot of people complain that there's too much regulation, but sometimes that regulation, like we said, creates standards for which there is some recourse because do we as consumers, thinking from a consumer perspective instead of the, you know our, our business client's perspective, do we want to have to go after a company because they didn't perform well because they weren't regulated where rather we can we just report them to the regulatory agency and have their license revoked or disciplined because they're you know cheating their customers and i think that is a much easier way to go about it and puts the burden on the business to perform see for me well maybe not for this but for a lot of these businesses like here's an example of one in colorado with this hair nail and waxing salon I would think if your your insurance, whoever you use for your insurance would ask if they were licensed or if they had their, you know, for a copy or whatever to make sure, but wouldn't it be something that the insurance agent would want to see? <laughs> you would think, I mean, and there's probably going to be exclusions. Like if you're, you know, operating, like, like you said, this, so, so this talks about a hair nail salon that wasn't licensed. They open for business without a license. And of course, the department, I guess is the Department of Regulatory Agencies requires such a license to happen. And they didn't have one. And of course, uh, they got in trouble for it. So if that, in the event that happens, the insurance company, you know, your insurance policy may not even cover that because there may be some exclusion relating to you not being licensed. I don't know if they'll actually ask you if maybe if you're in a highly regulated industry like i don't know a banking license or something to that effect they'll they'll confirm that stuff but for a small business like that i don't know not necessarily they would yeah that's a good point it's for whatever reason i was thinking of insurance agents as you know nice nice people that would go the extra mile for you (laughs) maybe it's because the ones i know do go the extra mile so but i think a lot of times you're right it's that's one of those things that it's like the people with the life insurance policies and if there's a suicide that doesn't you're not going to get the payout or something like that yeah i really took that in a, in a dark direction for no reason but <laughs> for no reason whatsoever trying to think of an example <laughs> but anyway so like the every state has licenses for even the smallest types of businesses or the types of business that you wouldn't think of but it, it is state by state but they cover everything like for example New Jersey has a law where the state law requires any movers to be licensed with the Division of Consumer Affairs, and that imposes some kind of cargo liability insurance. They have to register the vehicles that they're using and all these different items because in particular, New Jersey, they're having problems because too many consumers are being ripped off by movers who basically hold the furniture and other goods hostage while demanding outrageously inflated prices. And I even had a friend that had to go through this too. I think they were, I think it was out of Florida. I can't remember what happened. Maybe there, the, there was some damage or something to that effect. And, and going after these guys was a whole ordeal. And uh, a lot of times when you're, when you're in these kinds of industries, you're required to be bonded. And, and if there's a bond, it's much easier to make a bond claim than it is to file a lawsuit, even in small claims. Yeah. What's really useful in California, which I don't know if a lot of people know about it, is there's this really nice, useful tool. It's a search and I can link it. We'll link it in here, but you basically type in your, you know, your city and county, and then you type in the type of business that you are and it populates. It's going to be more than you need, but it's going to give you all the potential licenses and permits that you're going to need to do business. So if I typed in San Diego County, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm going to put San Diego County and I want to open up 
I did a brewery in San Diego, which is going to have, I, I tried to do something that's going to have a lot. So, you know, it's like I say, it's going to range. So you're going to have things that might not necessarily apply, but you're going to have other ones as well. So like here, obviously your alcoholic beverage license, if you're a brewery, you obviously need to have that. That's pretty cool. They all, they go through a, a local level and, you know, we weren't going to talk about this, but it, you know, there's simple business licenses that on a local level they apply. And, and I, I think some States may require that as well. And that's separate from your entity or your corporation or LLC that you're forming. And they're pretty, uh, it looks like they're pretty exhaustive. It yeah. covers everything from getting an EIN number, which is like, yeah, I guess that's a license, but not really. It's a good tool for new businesses. So lots of cool stuff. What did you end up going with? <laughs> I ended up going with the hobby toy and game store. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of random, but, uh, but there's no special permits for that. It looks like it's all basic generic ones. This is actually a really, really great tool. I mean, it goes over, it's, it's basically an issue spotting. It goes everything about discrimination law, corporation, company, or partnership filings. Pretty cool find, Matt. I found this randomly years ago, but just by searching for some reason, I stumbled across it. And yeah, it's a pretty, one of the better tools. I mean, there's a lot of good info on the California state websites if you search around enough, but you just gotta, gotta know about them. I'm surprised you didn't do a cat business or a vet or <laughs> cat cafe actually that's a great look let me just do cat cafe oh no matches found darn it i don't know if i said on the podcast but after we recorded that cat cafe episode i think like within a week or two of recording that i had an event that was right by the cat cafe and i was gonna go but it was at night and the cat cafe was already closed so oh uh, that's sad yeah but i saw it I didn't see any cats. Oh, there's no cats in there. It's just for show. <laughs> uh, I think we we didn't cover. I wanted to just mention the these tow companies in in Houston mm-hmm. because there's just a bunch of these guys that their their licenses were revoked, yet they're still operating. And the only reason I wanted to mention it is because a lot of times you'll you'll see industries like this where like it's just rampant where the state is happening to not have a really good grasp on the enforcement aspect of the regula- regulatory rules and sometimes that can be very tempting to not follow follow it as well basically you know if they're not doing it then why should we there's some real problems with that because one is that the enforcement aspect could change on a dime and literally tomorrow the state could start enforcing because a lot of times this is a money maker because they can issue fees and, and start collecting licensing fees or penalties and so forth. And number two is that it can be misleading because there maybe the industry is full of it, but maybe it's a bunch of small guys. But once you get bigger, then you're going to be targeted. And at that point, it's going to be too late to really fix it. So just keep that in mind as well before, uh, you know, if you, if you were operating a business that Maybe you're not licensed yet and you're thinking about whether you need to or not. It's always better to err on the side of just going through the process. Yeah, I think we say that all the time as a general rule of thumb. (laughs) Yeah. If if you're not sure whether you need something or not, just do it. Yeah, be safe. I'm sure there's some way that that can be turned around against me, but generally speaking, it's... (laughs) Generally speaking, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Friday episode, everyone. And don't forget to leave a positive five-star review on iTunes. Yeah, I haven't got my Red Bulls yet. Still waiting. <laughs> if you listened on Monday. If you've listened to Monday's episode and you're listening now to this episode, you've already missed your chance to get the Red Bull. 
unless you hacked into our system and listened to our recordings, but I don't know why you would want to do that. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.